the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered to Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. Good morning. There we are, almost at the end of January. That fact amazes me. How did the time go by so quickly? It doesn't seem possible. A whole month is past, almost past, anyhow. It was just Christmas. I'm still having my Christmas tree up. <laughs> and along with most people. And along with the decorations, I have a in the backyard, I don't. I took down the decorations in the front, in the front yard, but the backyard still has its uh, lights on. And uh, when the temperatures were terribly frigid, and when it was very, very gloomy and overcast, it was a joy to uh, counteract all the darkness. I want the light and the joy and the warmth that brings our lives. So I'll follow the old quote we've all heard before: "Hey, whatever makes you happy." When spring arrives with its little green shoots turning into buds and the, and the hope that all the, the spring brings, I'll take down the Christmas decorations in the backyard. Many of our fellow Ohio's have already headed south for a couple of months of sunshine and warm breezes. They'll come back in the spring like the flowers do. And 
But anytime our sun shines, the cold seems easier to endure. It, it lets us escape from the feeling of that cabin fever that gets to us in January and February. And while we're stuck inside, we can concentrate on our financial plans, things like uh, insurance, retirement, estate planning, and what is happening in the ever-changing stock market this week. Uh, This week was another good week for U.S. equities. Inflation is cooling fast, even as the Federal Reserve stopped raising the federal funds rate. They raised it up to a high of 5.5%. And now the last step they made was uh, last January. Uh, No, last July. July of last year. So the Federal Reserve has kept the rates constant for the last three uh, Federal Open Market Committee meetings. Even as inflation continues, it's downward trajectory. So they raised the rates. Uh, from one quarter of a percent to five and a half percent. And now they stopped that in July of last year. And now they're, uh, they're talking about, uh, when to decrease those rates. And that talking will go on for probably the middle of the middle of this year, uh, before they do anything. But it, indeed, what we're seeing is inflation is coming down. So. Yesterday, the U.S. Department of Commerce, uh, uh, the the Fed's preferred inflation measure, the uh, the uh, uh, personal consumption expenditure price index, rose two tenths of a percent uh, in December from November, and from the previous month, and the that was up from one tenth of a percent. Uh, decline in November, uh, but even the two-tenths of a percent, that's still consistent with uh, 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 subdued inflation. That two-tenths of a percent indicates a raise in the the uh, personal consumption expenditure price index for, for uh, one month. Uh, in December, closed out the year in which uh, the inflation declined markedly uh, prices were up uh, basically uh, 2.6% for the year, and that's just for the 12-month period, and that's well down from the 5.4% increase uh, at the end of 2022. So core prices, which exclude volatile food and energy costs, rose 2.9% for the year, a slowdown from the previous month. On a, uh, you know, the the thing that they're closely watching, uh, there's two things, two inflation measurements that you can look at. One's the consumer price index, and that's put out by the Department of Labor, and the other one is the personal consumption expenditure. It's put out by uh, the Department of Commerce, and the Federal Reserve likes the personal consumption expenditure better. It puts a little less reliance on the uh, insurance costs and also in the uh, shelter costs. So uh, it's more, uh, they feel it's more representative. And when you hear the Federal Reserve talk about this 2% inflation target, they are talking about the core 
personal consumption expenditure over a 12-month period. And uh, uh, right now, uh, that's 2.9%. So, and uh, so it's closing in, for instance, like uh, last month, the personal consumption, not last month, November, uh, November, the personal consumption expenditure uh, for the uh, uh, 12-month period was 3.2%. And in December, it's the latest data we have. It's 2.9%. And uh, the uh, Federal Reserve goal is 2.0%. Well, that's the goal anyhow. Depends upon, uh, you know, what happens uh, when you get close to it. I'm sure there'll be a discussion about uh, uh, what's the real goal at that particular time. But as far as they're concerned right now, it's 2%, and they're not going to move the the goalposts unless, until they have to. So, you know, if we take a look at it, uh, what they what they economists do is a little bit of gaming of the system. So they take a look at that uh, personal consumption expenditure for a 12 month period. It's uh, 2.9% right now. And they figure, well, what happens if it's a smaller number? You know, what happens if it's a not a smaller number, the smaller uh, time frame? You know, they said that uh, uh, core inflation rose uh, two tenths of a percent in one month and two point nine percent over a twelve month period. Uh, how about a three month annualized basis? Now, okay, now they got it down to one and a half percent. And uh, in December, from 2.2%. In November, if you do a six-month basis, it was 1.9% uh, uh, from uh, uh, over a 12-month period. And both figures are below the 2% target. So they're basically closing in on it, gaining some confidence that they're going to get there. Uh, investors expect the Fed... We'll cut rates this spring, in part because the inflation has declined much faster than the uh, central bank anticipated. Uh, basically, if you take a look at uh, uh, the Federal Reserve has these uh, Federal Open Market Committee meetings about every six weeks and uh, uh, about four times a year. Uh, at the meeting, they'll uh, have these uh, dot plots where they they ask all the participants in the meeting to make a guess as to uh, what the federal funds rates will be uh, at the end of this year, at the end of next year, at the end of the year after that, and, and then a long-term guess. And uh, they make guesses for the uh, federal funds rate, they make guesses for the what's inflation going to be, uh, and it's, it's called the uh, the dot plot. Uh, it's just uh, hey, it's eighteen numbers, eighteen guesses as to what it's going to be. So, uh, and they are that you know they they don't uh, stand there and try to defend their uh, guesses. It's just uh, hey. This is a consent. This is a idea of what these people are thinking about. I don't know whether all the eighteen people get to put up their 
their dot plots. But uh, to me, uh, the, the in their 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 investors expect the Fed will cut rates this this spring uh, because in in uh, when they when they did the uh, uh, dot plots in uh, December, uh, it was the inflation was projections were much lower than they were last June. So as far as the Federal Reserve is concerned, they're really seeing inflation come down. Uh, reasonably fast. So, if I take a look at uh, uh, December numbers for inflation, uh, what I'm seeing in the personal consumption expenditure uh, for December, the uh, uh, the uh, index increased two tenths of a percent in uh, December from November, and increased two point six percent. Uh, over the last 12 months, the net personal consumption expenditure includes uh, food, the effect of food and fuel. Now, if I take out food and fuel and food and energy, I get the core personal consumption expenditure, and that increased two-tenths of a percent over a one-month period and 2.9% over the uh, 12-month period. That's the one that they're keying in on. And so they want that baby down to 2%. And if I take a look at the CPI, the Consumer Price Index for December, uh, we we noted that earlier, a couple of, well, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that increased three tenths of a percent in uh, one month, and 3.4 percent in uh, the 12 months ending in December. And if I take out food and fuel and get to the core CPI, that increased three-tenths of a percent in one month and 3.9% over a 12-month period ending in uh, December. So the Federal Reserve, uh, everybody expects, everybody's anticipating uh, that uh, when they get down close to that 2% target, the Federal Reserve will begin to uh, cut the interest rates. So but the Federal Reserve hasn't committed to cutting that interest rates, although it was discussed at the uh, the December Federal Open Market Committee meeting. But they haven't presented a plan with cuts and schedules and anything like that. They did provide a clue, and that was part of the dot plot I talked about a minute ago. And the uh, uh, the infamous dot plot, you can interpret that. Uh, with a little uh, Kentucky windage to to show that maybe you're going to they're they're going to make two or three uh, reductions, probably of of one quarter of a percent in the federal funds rate. Uh, when they're going to do it? Uh, normally, the Fed only cuts interest because it concerns that the economy is slowing down more sharply than. Anticipated, but the officials have said they would consider cutting rates this year if inflation is uh, at the target. This is two percent target. That's partly because they're concerned about holding rates steady as inflation declines. That could lead to inflation-adjusted rates to to rise levels that are not unnecessary that unnecessarily 
restrain economic activity. In other words, if you, uh, the other thing is that may have to cut rates faster than planned, since the federal funds rate is uh, is well above the market rates. And by market rates, I mean I can take a look at the yield curve, uh, which the yield curve is uh, the percent. Uh, on the vertical axis and maturity of the bonds on the horizontal axis. And that yield curve for the long-term bonds is somewhere around 4%. Like for the 10-year bond, it's 4.16%. Uh, for the 20-year bond or 30-year bond, it's, it's around 4 point something. Uh, so here I've got the overnight rate or the Fed funds rate at 5.5%. And I've got the long-term bond, long-term bonds at four percent. So, question is, they're going to start to bring down that overnight rate, and uh, how fast are they going to bring it down? So, and uh, they've got to keep track of what the uh, long-term bonds are doing too. So, and uh, they also uh, might have to start earlier than expected. You know, in terms of. People are guessing that the Federal Reserve will start cutting in maybe in May or maybe in March. Uh, but uh, I think uh, uh, they may have to, they'll have to, they'll certainly have to take into account that there's a presidential election this year. And so in most cases, uh, you don't want to be doing uh, anything important, uh, make any important announcements, let's say after uh, you know, August, let's say August to November. Otherwise, uh, you can be accused of, uh, of interfering with the, uh, uh, the election. So uh, I suspect that they're, they're <clears throat> they'll probably have until August to get something done. But uh, from then on, you can't do anything until the election's over. Otherwise, they'll point a finger at you. Uh, Friday's report also showed American spending rose seven-tenths of a percent in December from November after uh, upwardly revising uh, revised four-tenths of a percent gain the prior month. Consumers spent... Uh, on services like healthcare and insurance, as well as vehicles and gifts like jewelry and, and things of this nature. Consumers outlay make up the lion's share of the U.S. economic activity. And Friday's report suggests demand remains strong. And uh, the incomes, however, rose a slower uh, three tenths of a percent last month. These are uh, December numbers after a four-tenths of a percent uh, November gain. So what you saw was that uh, consumer spending in December was strong. Uh, the incomes of the consumers increased three-tenths of a percent in one month, and the spending increased seven-tenths of a percent. That means that uh, you're either drawing on your uh, savings or your uh, adding those uh, uh, goodies to the charge accounts. Uh, and there was other good news with regard to the strength of the economy and the uh, 
the U.S. economy uh, grew at a 3.1% over the last year. And by saying uh, they grew 3.1%, they compared the uh, last quarter of 2023 to the last quarter of 2022. And uh, uh, it grew... Uh, the last quarter of 23 was uh, 3.1% higher. And uh, that defied uh, projections of a recession. You know, remember all the 2022, uh, the uh, increases in the uh, interest rates that the Federal Reserve was doing and raising the interest rates, the federal funds rates from a quarter of a percent to five and a half percent, you know that that had a huge impact on the bond market, and the, the stock market in turn was looking over there and saying, "My God, uh, look how fast the uh, interest rates are going up! You know what's going to happen? There's going to be a big recession." So, well. Uh, the information now shows that the economy grew 3.1% over the past uh, last year, and so and there was no recession. So the year was capped by a fourth quarter in which the economy grew at a 3.3% seasonably and an inflation-adjusted annual pace as household outlays and government spending rose. Uh, the quarterly reading. Uh, was somewhat of a slowdown from the summer's uh, 4.9 pace, but in line with uh, uh, pre-pandemic trends. So, uh, so basically, 2023 figures are in contrast to what uh, economists expected a year ago uh, when they said a recession was very likely, and at that time they projected an anemic two-tenths of 1% growth in 2023 for the entire year. So uh, <clears throat> so last year, last year's gain of, of 3.1% was a sharp pickup from a uh, 0.7% advance in 2022. So uh, the expansion is expected to continue this year. Uh, maybe it'll slow down, uh, but uh, there'll be two con- two op- opposing forces. One, the the uh, pivot when the Federal Reserve begins to lower the interest rate that should support the economy, uh, cutting uh, the uh, interest rates, and the, together with the moderating inflation going. By moderating, I mean inflation going down. Uh, that should be good for the uh, uh, the economy, also. So, uh, <clears throat> all in all, uh, the uh, uh, this 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 week was another mixed week for the uh, global equities in the United States. It was a Another positive week for the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Standard & Poor 500, and the NASDAQ Composite, 
They all closed up for the week for the third consecutive week uh, with news that the economy grew uh, 3.1% over the past year. That's defying projections of a recession as a resilient labor market supported strong consumer spending. While in the uh, UK, the FTSE 100 was up for the week, and the same thing was true for the European Union with both Germany's DAX and the stock Europe 600 were both up for the week. Uh, Asia was mixed. Japan's Nikkei 225 was down for the week, but in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both up for the week. On Friday, the three major U.S. Uh, uh, stock indices closed the week at the Dow Jones. Industrial average closed at 38,109.43, and that was up uh, 0.65% for the week. The Standard Poor 500 closed at 4,890.97, and that was up 1.06 for the week, percent for the week. And the NASDAQ Composite closed at 15,455.36, and that was up 0.94% for the week. So in all in all, the big picture for both the economy as well as the uh, equities markets uh, uh, look positive this week. And uh, uh, so the, the big picture looks good. The question is, uh, what does your, your financial plan uh, look like? In other words, have you identified your goals? Uh, have you identified how you're going to get to your goals? Have you included the uh, the uh, retirement? This is the, the, the nest egg that's going to be necessary for retirement. Have you included the education for the youngsters? Uh, do you have dreams about uh, a bigger home or a, a summer home or something like that? All these things require money, and uh, you could <clears throat> put those uh, goals down on the piece of paper, and you can approximate the, the schedule, and uh, you can also approximate how much money you're going to need to meet those goals. And then you have to have a system by which you're going to take the assets that you have, uh, either in the paycheck that comes in uh, every two weeks or every month, and the, or the investments that you have, and how are you going to grow those uh, over a period of time before you have to utilize them in your in your uh, uh, meeting your goals. So and that's your financial plan, and it's it's well worth the time and effort to sit down and spend some time in identifying those goals and, and put numbers, uh, dollars associated with those goals and uh, uh, start figuring out how you're going to get from here to there uh, in, in a consistent fashion. So. That involves sacrifice. It involves uh, 
savings, that involves investing, that involves decision-making in terms of, I want this, but I don't want to give up that. Uh, If you you, uh, put together your plan and you suddenly decide that maybe uh, having a boat is important or having a summer cottage or having a uh, better education for the youngsters is important, then uh, what do you take out of the plan to put this new thing into the plan? So all those things require some thought and some uh, conviction as to what you're going to do because this is a, this is a long-term plan. So this is uh, not, basically... Uh, we're here to help you do that. So we've been doing that for years. So uh, it, it, let's uh, I'll give you the toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. You can give us a call with your questions and comments. It's 1-888-281-1110. And stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, let's talk about uh, the uh, the uh, personal income and uh, outlays. In December, you know, consumers increased their spending, and uh, by seven cents of a percent from November, even as their personal income increased only uh, three tenths of a percent. So. Uh, from November. So the month before, consumers increase, consumer spending increased four-tenths of a percent in November from October, uh, while the personal income also increased four-tenths of a percent. So, uh, you know, where did the extra money come from? In December, the consumer spending uh, increased $133.9 billion from uh, November, and that reflected an increase of uh, spending uh, $75.6 billion for services and an increase of 
$58.4 billion for goods. And uh, uh, basically, where did the money come from? It came, basically came from uh, increased uh, uh, charge accounts and uh, basically reduced uh, savings. So uh, the, the within services, uh, the largest uh, contributor to the increase was uh, uh, financial services and insurances. Uh, health care and recreation and uh, uh, well consumer spending for goods uh, was centered in motor vehicles and parts uh, things like prescription drugs and uh, gasoline and recent data indicates that uh, basically consumers have <clears throat> shifted their spending back into services which includes dining out and travel after you know during the pandemic people were more interested in goods because they couldn't do anything else and uh now they're interested in, in services and that's where the inflation is basically the highest so uh basically what we saw was that if we take a look at uh, December uh the personal income increased uh $60.6 billion, and the spending increased $133.9 billion, $134 billion. And uh, uh, if we take uh, inflation into account and uh, knock things down for inflation, we say that the real uh, uh, personal consumption expenditures uh, for December, we're up five tenths of a percent, and the goods uh, uh, goods spending was up one point one percent, and the service spending was up the three percent. So uh, the latest report also uh, provided the inflation information in the forms of uh, personal consumption expenditure price index. And uh, that showed that the, according to the latest numbers, uh, the uh, personal consumption expenditure increased uh, two tenths of a percent in uh, December, and increased two point six percent in the twelve months ending in December. If you take away food and fuel, then you end up with poor PCE. Uh, personal consumption expenditure, and that uh, also showed two tenths of a percent increase in uh, December and uh, two point nine percent increase in uh, 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 since December a year earlier, you know, over the twelve months uh, ending in December. So, uh, all in all, basically, it shows that. The U.S. economy uh, is basically, if you talk in terms of nominal dollars, the U.S. economy is a big economy. It's it's uh, uh, $27.9 trillion economy for the gross domestic product. And uh, if you take a look at the uh, what happened in the... Uh, 
how the gross domestic product increased in December, uh, the increase in the real GDP reflects increase in consumer spending, exports, uh, state and local government spending, uh, non-residential fixed investment, federal government spending, private inventory uh, investments, and residential fixed investments. The increase in consumer spending uh, reflects both Increases in services as well as goods. And within services, the leading contributors were food services and accommodations. That's basically travel and vacations and, and dining out and things of this nature. Also, under services is uh, health care. And uh, those are the major uh, increases. And within goods, the leading contributors to the increase was. Uh, uh, non-durable goods and was led by pharmaceutical products and uh, recreational goods and vehicles and that was led by uh, computer software. Uh, the uh, uh, increase in the inventory uh, basically we saw increases in the inventory for December that was led by the wholesale trade industries and uh, consumer spending is basically one of the major engines of the gross domestic product and consumer sentiment. Uh, uh, the, the consumer was spending, and you also saw consumer sentiment surged at positive 29% from November into January, and that was the biggest two-month increase since 1991. And that's according to the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey. Uh, and, and the sentiment changed because consumers expect inflation to be much tamer than they thought only a few months ago. Uh, there are signs that spending and the whole economy uh, won't be able to continue at such a rapid clip because uh, economists expecting consumer outlays to cool forecast that growth will ease to about 1% this year. But <clears throat> they were also low-balling it uh, for last year. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, they lost a little bit of credibility there. Uh, the uh, four largest U.S. banks reported higher credit card spending in 2023 compared to 2022 and said that customers are taking longer to pay off balances. So, uh, to me, it's uh, it's a reflection of all the things that we went through in the COVID. People are enjoying themselves now, and uh, uh, they'll they'll get over it. In a, I don't know exactly when, but sooner or later, you start to say, "Hey, you looked at the bills lately," and at that point, people will start to. Uh, start to cut back on the spending. Uh, also, we're seeing that the uh, mortgage rates, uh, according to the uh, Mortgage Bankers Association, uh, and, uh, they're decreasing uh, and leading to increases in housing activity. 
uh, mortgage purchase applications in the week ending January 12th is the highest seasonably adjusted level since July. And uh, uh, although federal officials said that they won't, they don't want to raise rates until they're convinced that uh, uh, price pressures have been uh, suppressed. Markets have already started uh, turning their attention to possible growth in the uh, in that area. And so far, the prospect that the Federal Reserve can lower interest rates in the not too different future has fueled a a stock market rally in recent months, and cheaper finance costs costs uh, could reinvigorate households and business investments. Uh, later this year. So the gradual cooling of the labor market combined with progress in in taming inflation has investors watching for when the Fed might begin to cut its benchmark interest rates. Uh, Federal officials are on track to hold the uh, rate steady uh, at a meeting next week. They meet on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. So the expectations is that they won't do anything at that particular meeting. They'll probably talk about uh, 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 lowering the interest rates uh, and uh, we'll see what comes of the meeting. Uh, the expectations, uh, you know, some investors are looking at results from the Chicago Mercantile Exchange Group data and they say that uh, uh, they may start uh, cutting the rates at the at the May meeting. So, uh, all in all, good signs that the uh, consumers are feeling good. The consumers are spending, and at the same time, with all the spending activity, inflation is going down, and it's getting closer to that two percent target where they. Uh, the Federal Reserve said that they're going to start cutting uh, that uh, federal funds rate that's presently at 5.5%. So uh, when they start doing that, they'll they'll, uh, energize the economy even more. So it it looks positive for certainly perhaps for the next year or two years, just looking at that. Another thing we're seeing is that the uh, if we take a look at the uh, new residential uh, construction and sales, we talked last week. We talked about you know the number of starts and the permits and things of this nature. But uh, if we take a look at the sales of newly constructed single-family homes, uh, they were up in December. Uh, the Freddie the Mac average rate for a 30-year mortgage fell to 6.82% in December, and it was 7.44% in November and 7.65% in October. So the uh, 30-year mortgage rates are starting to come down, and right now, uh, they're in the range of about 6.8%. So and what we're seeing is that uh, uh, I suspect the uh, home builders are getting the jump 
on uh, getting their uh, inventory lined up, and basically the sales of uh, uh, single-family homes are up 8% in December from November and up uh, 4.4% compared to December a year ago. That's according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Uh, they put out a report called the Monthly New Residential uh, Sales uh, Report, and that shows basically uh, what's happening in that particular area. And uh, what what you're seeing is that uh, when the interest rates uh, increased a while ago from their three percent to they got over it got over to seven got closer to eight percent. Uh, now they're starting to come down, and uh, uh, the new sales uh, sales of new homes in December benefited from the lack of uh, supply of uh, existing home sales. Uh, uh, potential home buyers uh, continue to purchase new homes where they can find something comparable to what they wanted in an existing home. Uh, and uh, if we look at uh, uh, new single-family homes on a uh, uh, what we're seeing in December, these are uh, uh, these are uh, monthly sales in December. We see that uh, sixty thousand uh, uh, homes were sold in uh, new brand new homes were sold in. December, 7,000 of them uh, have not yet been started. 19,000 of them are are basically uh, under construction, and 24,000 of them have been completed. Uh, the uh, increase in sales is helping reduce the supply of unsold new houses, which is still high at 8.2 months of sales in December, and that's come down from 8.8 months of sales inventory in November, and uh, and uh, the report shows that uh, uh, there were 453,000 homes for sale. Uh, that's a that's a uh, uh, annual number. That's not a monthly number. That's an annual number. Uh, at the end of uh, December. So what you're seeing is that the uh, comparing December of 2022 to December of 2023, uh, the new home sales only went down a little bit. So the, uh, uh, there's something like a difference of 2,000 in, in a yearly uh, 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 in a yearly number of homes for sale. And uh, another thing we noticed, the median price of a new single-family home is uh, is down 3%. Uh, it's 413200 in December from November, and it's 13.8% lower than December of 2022. I find that number, those numbers, hard to believe because uh, what we've been seeing so far in the existing home sales 
is that the uh, home prices are continuing to go up, even though the number of uh, existing home for sales is going down. There's just a competition for uh, existing homes. Uh, But uh, uh, since uh, this number where the price has increased, the median price has decreased, I'm sorry, decreased, uh, might show that uh, uh, their new builders, new home construction is uh, offering price breaks uh, to move the inventory, or they also might be shifting construction to smaller entry-level units that are generally lower in price. So even though they talk about a, a decrease in price, I find it hard to believe that most of their building smaller homes or uh, uh, giving major discounts in those uh, new home construction. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get With Slow. Uh, Stay tuned. I'll be right back. We're going hopping. We're going hopping today when things are popping. Pop, I feel the Delphi wave. We're going to drop it drop, on all the music they play on the bandstand. bandstand. We're going swinging, swing. We're going to swing in the crowd. I will be clinging and floating high as a cloud. The phones are ringing. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. Uh, this is your host, Jim McAleese. You know, one of the things we're seeing in. Uh, the economy, by the economy, I mean both the service industries as well as the uh, uh, manufacturing industries, is that there uh, seems to be an awakening uh, in these uh, November, December uh, time frame. So, and also in January, uh, the S&P uh, uh, global flash for the uh, uh, purchasing managers index shows that businesses in the U.S. signaled a stronger upturn in activity at the start of the year as output growth quickened to the sharpest rate in seven months. The expansion was driven by service providers as manufacturers continued to see a drop in production amid intensifying supply issues. Uh, Nevertheless, a broad-based improvement in demand conditions was reported as firms reported stronger new order growth for both goods and services, helping push business confidence for the year ahead to a 20-month high. So according to this uh, Standard & Poor Global report, output growth was led by service providers as manufacturing uh, firms continued to see a moderate drop in activity in January. The rate of decline in production at goods producers eased from that seen in December, however, linked to improved order inflows. Manufacturers also mentioned that delivery decla- delays following severe storms and shipping disruptions at time hampered production. Uh, suppliers' delivery times at goods producers lengthened on average for the first time in 13 months 
and new business expanded for the third consecutive months at U.S. companies in January, with the rate of growth in new orders uh, the sharpest since June of 2023. So uh, comments from their uh, Chris Williamson, who is their chief business economist, said, quote, an encouraging start of the year is indicated by the U.S. economy by the flash uh, purchasing managers index data, which uh, with companies reporting a marked acceleration of growth alongside a sharp cooling uh, of inflation pressures. Uh, output measured across both goods and services rose in January at the fastest rate since last June, and growth momentum having stepped up a gear on the back of improved demand conditions. New orders inflow have now picked up for three months, buoyed in particular by improved sales in to domestic customers, helping lift business confidence. Uh, about the year ahead to the most optimistic since May of 20, 2022. So that gives us a a picture that things are beginning to turn around and that things are beginning to improve uh, in terms of, uh, particularly in terms of services, but also in terms of, of uh, goods too. So, um, I think people are, companies are looking forward and anticipating, but the future is holding and getting ready and getting ready to participate. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Get rich slow. <clears throat> Let's talk about lessons in life. These life lessons are widely uh, known from the popular column by uh, Regina Brett. It's called 45 Lessons Written by a 90 Year Old. <laughs> and it was originally featured in The Plain Dealer. Uh, Regina was not really in her 90s at the time. Uh, she was only in her 50s. But nevertheless, this Pulitzer Prize finalist had a wealth of wisdom and knowledge about life's lessons that we would think she was truly in her 90s. The first lesson is, life is not fair, but it is still good. Number two, when in doubt, just take the next small step forward. Number three, Life is too short not to enjoy it. Next one is your job won't take care of you when you're sick. Your friends and family will. Next one is don't buy stuff that you don't need. Next one is you do not have to win every argument. And then number seven is cry with somebody. It's more healing than crying alone. And then it's okay to get somebody, it's okay to get angry with God. He can take it. And then save for things that matter. And all, and all of these things 
you can see words of wisdom and things that you can you can use in your everyday life. And the next one is when it comes to chocolate, resistance is futile. And then make peace with your past so it won't screw up your present. And the next one is it's okay to let your children see you cry. And then don't compare your life to others. You have no idea of what their journey is all about. Again, if a relationship has to be a secret, you shouldn't be in it. Next one is everything can change in the blink of, a, of an eye. But don't worry, God never blinks. Then the next one is take a deep breath, it calms the mind. Then the next one is get rid of anything that is not useful. Clutter weighs you down in many ways. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Whatever does not kill you really does make you stronger. I often thought about that one. It's never too late to be happy, but it's all up to you and no one else. And when it comes to, to going after what you love in life, don't take no for an answer. Another one is burn the candles, use the nice sheets, and wear the fancy lingerie. Don't save it for a special occasion. Today is special. Next one is over-prepare, then go with the flow. Next one is be eccentric now. Don't wait for old age to wear purple. Yeah. The most important sex organ is the brain. No one is in charge of your happiness but you. And the last one, the best is yet to come. No matter how you feel, get up, dress up, and show up. And until we meet again next week for more of Get Fit Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. With Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.